Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Welcome back to part two of the Steelers Hangover. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. This is Tony Julius Defio, and we are together once again for the Steelers Hangover. Thank you so much for all of you for <laughs> for coming in and uh, hanging out with us. And I, <laughs> I'm getting a kick out of all of uh, all of the comments from the live chat. I don't always get a chance to look at it. Um, Donald Nolan making me laugh uh, with the Austin Powers <laughs> reference. Who does number two work for? My son. <laughs> my, my son is. Uh, I introduced him to Austin Powers, and he's thirteen. So you know that kind of stuff is awesome. And when when you talk about the actor Robert Wagner who played number two, now he's. Uh, he's still on NCIS as a guest star every once in a while. And we've been watching NCIS and every time he tunes in, uh, he's like, uh, he thinks it's great because he was on Austin powers and that's his favorite <laughs> character when he, when he shows up, cause it's, he's number two. So, <laughs> and uh, that show's getting ready to go into like season 19. And it, it's, it's awesome. It, it it's classic. And Tony, do you watch that show? Every now and then, not, not 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 a whole lot, not enough to really be a to have knowledge of it. But I love those kind of shows, like just in general. So let's go ahead and take a look at this list. And I'm looking at the live chat, and I'm seeing some of these names um, pop up already. But what I want to go ahead and do before we <laughs> before we do all that, I want to talk about the draft as well when we talk about these positions. But we also had a. Uh, we also had a live chat from Wes, and I'm going to bring that up. I'd like to thank you to the BTSE crew for all the pre-live post-draft content. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Wes. I appreciate it. Man, that was uh, 
that it, it was a lot of fun to do. Um, sure, we were tired afterwards, and it, we keep on talking about how the fact we were just on a post podcast after uh, we were there was just five of us together just discussing that we're going to have a great break and we're going to have about maybe two hours before our next show. And then right as right away, Michael Beck yells out, Oh my gosh, they just made a trade. They're they're in round number five. And then now we're scrambling. (laughs) All of us are running to go out. There goes our break. I was like, man, I'm probably going to eat lunch. No lunch (laughs) for me. (laughs) And that was uh, you guys did a great job. Uh, it's it is a lot of it is a lot of fun, but uh, we do it for the love of it too. And uh, thank you for trusting us with uh, with giving you that all that information and keep coming back because it was one of those things we had some listeners come out of the woodwork and they haven't gone away yet. And that's how we build our podcast platform. So I do really appreciate it. Um, just for the month of May alone, we are over a hundred thousand downloads. And that is, uh, and we're just on day 10 of the month. So uh, we're really excited for that. So thank you so much. So let's go ahead and look at the draft. When we talked about that fifth round pick, um, Isaiah Loudermilk, Isaiah Loudermilk just now. And uh, we didn't talk about him, but we talked about the trade that netted the uh, big man from Wisconsin. And a lot of people think that the defensive line, that that was kind of not really a need pick. And we're not really going to discuss whether he was a need pick or not, but that's a really crowded defensive line. So, Tony, would you think that the Steelers would even uh, consider bringing a defensive lineman at this point? Because I don't think so. No, I think that would be it would be a luxury. That, that's If they're going to put their resources anywhere on the defense, I think, I think the line would be the last place because I think it's such a – it's such a strong unit. I'm glad that uh, Tyson Alulu came back. And, of course, they have Hayward and, and Tewitt and, and the three youngsters now, uh, and, and Chris Wormley. So I think, yeah, they, they have so much, uh, so many guys there. That there's really no need for for anybody to, to come in, to bring in anybody of, of any any uh, great reputation. So, you know, I'm going to get off subject here real quick because I'm looking at the live chat. I know I'm not supposed to do this, but our good friend Cree says Mark Harmon is the man. So I brought up NCIS and Mark Harmon, who has been around forever, St. Elsewhere, um, summer school. Now, Ryan O'Toole says, you know, it's cool to see Mark's wife, Pam Dauber. Mindy of Mork and Mindy is now appearing on the show. I didn't know that. You didn't know that. Yeah, they've been married for over 30 some years. But did you know this, Tony? Because my wife loves Gibbs. She loves Mark Harmon. She thinks he's he's fantastic. And uh, we do too. I mean, it's uh, it's funny because we always joke, Gibbs or Magnum, who's better? And I'm still a Magnum guy. I'm still a Tom Selleck guy, but Gibbs is a close, close second. If anybody would knock off Magnum, it would be Gibbs. But a lot of people don't know this. Gibbs, Mark Harmon, was a quarterback for UCLA in the late 70s. And his dad was uh, was a great college court. In fact, I think his dad was a Heisman Trophy winner yeah. um, for Michigan, and he played for the Chicago Bears, Tommy Harmon. So bringing that back into football, so really interesting stuff there. That's that's yeah. I uh, I would have to go with Magnum, but as far as uh, I, I'm, I'm happy to, I mean, I knew, I knew uh, Pam Dauber and, and Mark Harmon were married, but I didn't know she was still acting. So that's good to see. Yeah. She's back. Um, just maybe for about four episode arcs. So that's really cool. I haven't seen her on it yet. 
but I'm excited for that. Let's go to the linebackers now, and more importantly, <clears throat> the edge rushers first. Let's talk about that. So the Steelers, <clears throat> excuse me, the Steelers brought in an edge rusher, Quincy Roche, in the sixth round. What he did at Temple was absolutely amazing. And then he moves to Miami, and he did well at Miami, but not as well as he could have because he's a transfer, and, and that, right. that has a lot to do with it. So, But they saw a lot in him. A lot of people thought he could have gone earlier. With the, with the amount of sacks that he had at Temple, Temple, man, he could really get to the quarterback. Just right. watching the highlights of this guy, he's tremendous. But he's still probably your, your third guy as far as edge rusher because you're bringing back two prominent guys, one, one of the best players in the league, TJ Watt. And then Alex Highsmith, we still don't know about that jump from year one to year two. I think he's going to make a tremendous jump. Me too. But Me too. it's there's still that question mark. You, you don't know yet. And then behind him, who is there? Because you lost Bud Dupree to the Titans, you lost Ola Denny to the Titans. You have Cassius Marsh. Right. I think I think he's a quality backup. If one of those guys go down, do you want him starting? The answer is probably no. Roche is young, and watching a guy like that just jump in as a rookie, like you had to see at Highsmith at the end of last year, that is a uh, that's a huge ask. So do you go ahead and bring in an edge rusher? And there's some quality edge rushers if you could get them at, at the right price. Now, Jeff Hartman made a comment the other day on Ryan Kerrigan, who was number two on Michael Beck's list, and he was the top edge rusher. He's like, why don't you call him up and say, hey, do you want to play one year and possibly get a ring? It's up to you. Just let us know. I think he would be a great number three linebacker because remember, you can't, these guys can't be going 100% of the time. How many times have you seen TJ on the sideline with the oxygen? I mean, because right. he's playing on the high level. I mean, you, you just can't. You need somebody to spell you. I mean, look at hockey. Look at the numbers in hockey, uh, the ice time for some of these guys. Their, their shifts are what, four minutes? Right, yeah. If you're if you're lucky, I mean, yeah, you know they they keep on having to go in and out. So, and in football, I mean, it's one of those things too that you need to have more depth, and they just don't have the depth at outside linebacker or edge rusher. Do you think that is one of the most important needs on the defense, or do you think it's somewhere else? I think it's I think it's definitely an important need at least in terms of depth. I think it's second because of, of uh, yeah. you need you need depth there and you need a quality veteran. Roche is obviously totally unproven. He's I'm excited about him. He had a great college career. He was really productive and it's, he's intriguing, but he's obviously very unproven. Alex Highsmith is, is coming into in, into his uh, second year, and I'm excited about him obviously, but but he's still not quite there yet. And of course, TJ Watt is TJ Watt. So uh, yeah, if you can bring in somebody, a, a veteran like that, like a Ryan Kerrigan uh, or Justin Houston, as we, if you talked about before, somebody who can, who can, uh, who's proven, he's not. You don't want him to come in and start. It's, it's going to be like a James Harrison situation where, except without the drama, of course, somebody who understands that you're a backup, you're coming in to spell, 
uh, these guys uh, during games, maybe start uh, if, if there's an injury, but that's about it. Somebody like that, I, I would feel much better about about their depth at outside linebacker if they if they can bring a guy like that in at the right price. So the edge rushers that you could bring in, there's four on Michael Beck's list, and I have a favorite, and I think he is the one guy that I definitely want to bring in here. But I would probably take somebody, any of these four on this list, I would not have a problem bringing any of them in. So we talked about Ryan Kerrigan. <laughs> And I think if you get any of these guys, it's a one-year deal. Right. So we've got Kerrigan. We've got Melvin Ingram, who has had some injury issues with the Los Angeles Chargers. But Ingram knows how to get to the quarterback as well. You've got Olivier Vernon, who is coming, who was having a great year last year before he went down with that injury. And he would be coming off of an injury. Excuse me. He would be coming off of an injury. And then you have the guy that I would probably say is my favorite here, Justin Houston, who mm -hmm. still at a later age is still getting to the quarterback. He had eight and a half sacks last year for the Indianapolis Colts. So of these four here, if you can go ahead and if you have, if you find the money to bring one of these guys in, who you're bringing in? I would have to be. Uh, it would have to be either uh, uh, Kerrigan or, or Houston because I'm familiar with with those guys and, and and I like what they do and I I like the careers that they've had. So it would be one of those two guys. So I'll just say Kerrigan since since you you like Houston. So I'll just say. But either way, I'd be fine with either one of them because I, I think they're they're proven veterans and 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 you know they, as long as they understand their role, that's the only thing. You know these athletes are are a proud bunch, so they would have to. You have to make sure that they understood their role when they came in here. Again, it couldn't be like a James Harrison thing. So I'd be happy with either one of them, but I, you know, Kerrigan, I'll just go with him. I think at this point they do understand their role coming in, especially if you uh, bring them in on a one-year deal. Uh, I would probably go with Justin Houston here. I love Ryan Kerrigan. I would also – I'd love to see Olivier Vernon here too. The health is an issue with any of these guys at this point. I think uh, maybe Ryan Kerrigan is probably the healthiest of the bunch, maybe Houston, but I would bring one of these guys in and, you know, they might be, this might be, they might be waiting till after June 1st. You never know, right. but guys are, guys are going off of the page right now. You're seeing guys getting signed and they're throwing decent money at guys, which which might make you think that maybe they can't afford one of these guys. I did not expect any of the linemen, Villanueva, or I did not expect Fisher to uh, command that much money, but they did. So, yeah. so some players are going for uh, vet minimum and some are going for some money. So you'll just have to see, but with this many pass rushers out there, one of them could be available to the Steelers. Yeah, and uh, as you said, it, you know, it was a surprise when, when Big Al and, and Fisher got the deals that they did. Uh, I would have expected them to get those kind of deals maybe two or three weeks into free agency, but this far out. Uh, but I guess uh, teams were, were waiting to see how they how the draft unfolded, and, and now they're they're out shopping again. But yeah, if they can get one of those uh, outside linebackers and Vernon, he would be, you know, the universe would you know would, would give us back a. Uh, it, it would be, you know, they, you got rid of Al. He went to a, a division rival. You get Vernon from from a division rival. Maybe that balances things out a little bit. So, uh, 
Steelers freak disagrees with me. Throwing a ring for bait next year is a stretch. Yeah, I don't think so because if you are there, they were a playoff team last year. You know, I'm not saying that they are, they're not a favorite to win a ring, but there's a possibility. I also said possibility that you could get a ring. It's not like you're going to a Jacksonville or a team, a Detroit that right. is never is never competing. And you do have a championship winning coach. You have you have a lineup right right now that is pretty good that needs depth. You never know. I mean, there's a lot of teams that won titles that were not expected to uh, were not your one or two options to go ahead and win it all. So I mean, it could be a little bit of a stretch, but no, I mean, it's a possibility. Nobody expected this team to go 11 and 0 and no one right. expected them to go 1 and 5 1 and 4 after that. So, you know, I mean, you're still it's still a proud organization that's done a lot of things and a lot of years that they've competed, people were not expecting them to compete. Garrett Slingerland gives us $10. Thanks so much. And he's going back to the milkman, Isaiah Laddermilk. Why not move the milkman outside to be at least a developmental depth guy? He's huge. He's got a good bull rush and he's got long enough arms to bat down balls at the line. It just depends where they're, they're going to move him around. I mean, if you have, they're going to experiment with him. You still have John Mitchell there. And uh, you have Carl Dunbar there as well. And you have some very good line coaches that are going to work with uh, these guys. Look what they did with guys like Bugs and and Carlos Davis. So, you know, there there's a possibility that they're going to uh, go into the laboratory with a guy like him. So uh, we'll wait and see on that. But you never know. That definitely could happen. So, Tony, um, we all agreed we all agreed that the Steelers uh, would probably be best served to bring in an edge rusher. Now, also on the uh, on the linebacking uh, in the linebacking core, you have maybe some depth needs at inside linebacker, but I don't think it's as grave as it is for your edge rusher because now you have you still have Vince. Vince is back after being gone, what three weeks to a month. You have you have uh, Mr. Spillane in there, Robert Spillane. I like to call him the legacy because his grandfather was a Heisman Trophy winner and played for the Steelers. Um, everybody else hates that nickname. And then you and then you have, of course, Devin Bush coming off of an injury. But that I think the depth is better there. But there's one guy that you thought he was coming back at that point, and they brought Vince back instead, and it was Avery Williamson. And he was number 10 on Michael Beck's list. That's probably a cheap sign at this point to bring him back in. Do you th- what do you think the odds are of the Steelers bringing back a guy like Avery? Um, at this point, I think they're pretty low, only because it's such a crowded uh, place now. And, and, and you have, you have uh, Ulysses Gilbert, which obviously you can't count on him. He's just been injury prone. But you also have Marcus Allen, who's who's basically a linebacker, an inside linebacker. Now he's a, he's a safety, but he's essentially sure. a, another inside linebacker. So there's just so many there's so many bodies there. I would love it because to, to me, the more veteran you can have in that, behind uh, Spillane, who I presume is going to get the first crack as the starting uh, linebacker alongside Bush, uh, the more veterans you can have behind those guys, the the better. But at, at this point, it seems it seems uh, the odds seem pretty long, in, in my opinion. 
And Donald Nolan is saying that they're listing Killebrew as a linebacker now. And it's funny because you also have, uh, you know, he could be a safety, you know, they, they could mix and match him. Yeah. It's funny. A lot of people don't realize this, but one of the uh, great safeties in Pittsburgh Steelers history was a college linebacker. Right. And that was Carnell Lake. <clears throat> so sometimes they mix and match those guys a whole heck of a lot. Um, Jaron Sackenheim says you can't, you can't sleep on uh, buddy Johnson either. Yeah. And that's a guy that I did forget about bringing in a guy. I mean, you brought in buddy Johnson in the draft. I just don't know what you get with buddy Johnson yet either. Right. Um, he is uh, a lot of people were, were uh, wondering about the louder milk pick. And I guess he's the most suspect of them all. I'm still not sure about Johnson. Cause I just don't know enough about him and I'm anxious to see what he can do as well. But I don't think that you really need to bring a guy in at inside linebacker at this point. I think uh, I think you're right that uh, um, Jer- I think Jaron Sackenheim's right that uh, you really can't sleep on a guy like that. So they're probably pretty good at inside linebacker now too, and they've addressed that well in the draft. Um, Jorge Gonzalez says on ESPN Get Up Morning Show they're saying Steelers going to be one of the worst teams. In- 2021 let them say that i i just don't i don't don't, see it i just don't see real i mean i could see maybe them taking a step back and not winning 12 games again but i don't get it where where you're going from a team that was 11-0 and they won 12 games and won a division now they're what can be one of the worst teams why because they lost they lost some some parts but it's not like they it it wasn't like a total um gutting of of the of the roster so I, i just don't get it but then again they were they were down on him last year too, so I guess it's just the thing now. Steelers are so much better when there's a chip on their shoulder, so I will definitely say that. Let's look at the safety position before we go to what I think is a glaring need at corner. Trey Boston's there, and Jeff Heath, who the Steelers have had ties to before. Jeff Heath was number three on Michael Beck's list, and he's of the Raiders. He's a safety. And he would be somebody that I could see them trying to bring in, especially now that Trey Edmonds, excuse me, not Trey, Terrell Edmonds. I'm sorry. Um, Terrell Edmonds is uh, possibly in his last year's Steeler as they did not pick up his uh, fifth year option. So that those are two interesting guys there. Trey Boston is a guy that the Steelers have had ties to that uh, they were looking at possibly signing in past years. And, uh, Dave Schofield brings this up all the time, and I love it that he brings this up because be careful what you ask for sometimes because people were disappointed they did not sign Trey Boston. And if they sign Trey Boston, they do not – you never have number 39 Minka Fitzpatrick in a Pittsburgh right. Steelers for. Right. It's because they would not make that trade if they bring in Trey Boston, and Trey Boston's kind of a journeyman now in the NFL. Um, I really – I could see them possibly – bringing in a safety, but not as much after signing Arthur Millette over the weekend from the New York Jets. Now, I was all excited when I saw that they were bringing in a defensive back from the Jets. I was hoping it was Brian Poole, who was number one on Michael Beck's list. And I really think that the Steelers, if they're going to address anything, they need to do it. look at edge and they need to look at corner. Of the two, what is more pressing for you, Tony? At your corner, definitely corner without a qu- without a doubt. I think you can. You, there's room there for a 
a guy to come in and start in 2021. I mean, because Justin Lane is, is obviously very unproven. James Pierre, who a lot of people are excited about, he's unproven. And, and maybe uh, maybe it's Cam Sutton who, who plays on the outside. He's certainly capable. But then who plays the slot? You know what I mean? So I think definitely corner is a more pressing need. So here's who I think they should bring in. Another guy on the list. I would love to bring in Poole. Another guy on the list is Nikel Roby Coleman. But number nine on Michael Beck's list is a guy I would reach out to with a bouquet of flowers. And I'd say, Steven Nelson, look, I know I know we broke up. I know we broke up for a couple of months. I know there's hard feelings. I know I hurt you like no team has ever hurt you before. <laughs> I know that on your Facebook notification, your status relationship, it says it's complicated. I know <laughs> that, Steven Nelson. But here's the thing. You know this system. We know you. Let's come back for a one-year deal and see what we can do to bridge the gap from there. Let's make up for a month. Let's give it another shot. If it doesn't work out, you go your own way. You have a great year. You go your own way. There's probably a boatload of cash coming towards you, but probably your Steven Nelson's best chance to have a great showing is to be back with the Steelers for one more year. Now, that is easier said than done because there right. are hurt feelings. There right. are egos. And trust me, I would have the ego too. I, w- <laughs> I would be upset. Um, but, and, and like I said, um, <laughs> Wilfredo says makeups are the best, but <laughs> Jerry Cherry Ben, love me some Jerry Cherry. We have a better chance of getting Willie Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> right, I would certainly be a, uh... He would be a, a definitely a, a publicity stunt for sure. I see you, Willie really Nelson. I raise you a Charles Nelson Riley. We can bring him. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's really funny. Um, I, I think bringing back Nelson, like I said, it, it would be very hard to do right now. Oh but, yeah, but uh, we saw it in professional wrestling a lot. How many guys said they would never work for Vince McMahon again? And next thing you know, Brett, my gosh, Bret Hart's brother died and they screwed him over and he still came back to the, yeah. the world wrestling um, entertainment. And I know this is not WWE, but you know, there are situations where sometimes you do make up. And you realize, hey, it might be a better business decision to maybe go back a year and just say, all right, you know, I I was ticked off, but I'll come back. I think if he did come back, it would be for one year, but it gives you a chance to showcase your talent and and see what you can do. I just don't think, uh, I just don't think uh, he would. And Ryan O'Toole asked, who exactly was Charles Nelson Riley? What was he famous for? Hollywood Squares. He was on Match Game a lot too, but he was also on the Love Boat quite a bit. So there yeah, you he go. Was a, he was a game show star. Yeah, game but star. He, he would show up on the Love Boat every once in a while too and uh, just with mm-hmm. wacky shenanigans. IMDB, Charles Nelson Riley. Ah, awesome stuff wants to bring in Craig T. Nelson. Well... I still think Steven Nelson's better than all them as a cornerback in the NFL. I see, and that's the thing. I don't get it. 
Uh, I just, I, I don't know enough about it apparently, but, but everybody, there are a lot of people that are pretty darn certain that he regressed last year, but I didn't really notice it. And I think even if he did regress a little bit, he's still a starting caliber corner in the NFL. He's still a good number two corner. And I think, you know, you could do a lot worse than Steven Nelson as your starting corner in 2021, even if it's just for one more year, provided it's at a deal that both parties um, can come to an agreement with. I could care less about any how, how they broke up. He didn't really burn bridges like Antonio Brown did. It was, was there was really nothing like that. He just it was a business decision. There were some hurt feelings, but that's between them. He didn't really have anything bad to say about the Steeler fans, or, or he didn't say anything bad about his teammates. He didn't really think, say anything bad about the organization. They just had a parting of the ways uh, due to uh, a business uh, disagreement. It happens all the time. I would I would bring him back for sure. I think you, you get him back in there. It does so much for that for that defense in 2021 as far as stability is concerned. So to answer Jorge's question, but was the Steelers that let him go? Yes, the Steelers did let him go. Steelers also let let go Vince Williams. Right. But they uh, it was one of those things that he asked you if you could take less. They asked him if he could take less to come back. You know, would they ask Nelson to come in? Maybe at uh, maybe they negotiate the price, uh, make it worth them to go ahead and hit the market next year, and and just say, okay, yeah, we had a fight, but could we possibly fix this and uh, work together to? Uh, because really, I mean, if he came back in, I think he would have a better chance of realizing a huge payoff, uh, a huge payday in 2022. But you know, that's. Like I said, easier said than done. Um, Felix Escalano says the only free agent better than Nelson to him is Brian Poole. I would love to see them look at look to uh, Brian Poole as well. I think the bottom line to the whole thing, Tony, is that they need to bring somebody else in corner, else in at corner, because if somebody gets gets hurt, what do you have? Right. Yeah. Unless again, unless James Pierre is is that that the new Mike Hilton, not as a slot corner, but as an undrafted free agent, that's just so darn good. And, and he comes out of nowhere and he's your, he's your uh, starting outside corner in 2021. Yeah, there's definitely, I think there's definitely uh, room for them to bring somebody in. So Thaddeus is saying, I guess Tony didn't see the Nelson interview. Oh yeah. No, Nelson's pissed. Yeah. And, and he's hurt and right. And he definitely feels that, uh, his services are worth more than what the Steelers did, but it is still a business decision. But may, you can always go back on a business decision when you see that you might have room here and there and that it's definitely a glaring need. So that's something they could look at. But I want to thank everybody here, Tony. It was a fun show. Um, we did talk about draft picks a little bit and how they fill in, but I wanted to talk more about veterans. And it was good to get off of... Uh, off of the uh, players, the nine players that we brought in. Um, I do remember two years ago, one of the studs that we were so excited about bringing in was a guy named Sutton Smith and how he was going to change the team and news. He signed with an NFL team today. So Sutton Smith is back in the league as well. So um, just thought I would bring that up, but it's fun to speculate What's going to happen with the Steelers as we look towards September? We've got mini camps coming up. We've got the schedule release this week. And 
there was a uh, there was an article this week on BTSC that you know is the Steelers roster is the uh, is all the starters or all the starters on the Steelers roster are they in a black and gold uniform right now? And I'm kind of thinking that there's a possibility not that yeah. uh, there's going to be somebody new. Um, but Donald asked, uh, are there going to be a show on undrafted free agents coming up at? Yeah, we've been talking about undrafted free agents here and there. I love Shakur Brown, Mark Gilbert. I, I love uh, Wade as well. Um, so there, there's guys to talk about. There's the linebackers. There's a bunch of guys named Isaiah um, coming <laughs> in. So, <laughs> so uh, I, I guess that's that was the it name uh, 22 years ago. So we will talk about uh, exactly. We will be talking about a lot as we have these podcasts every single day on BTSC twice a day. We have podcasts that are dropping, whether they are on our audio only side or if they are here on YouTube and Facebook. So thanks so much for spending your time with us. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. This is Tony Defio. And just when you think you've got all the answers, we keep changing the questions. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.